Caleb does a great job back there with the sound and with audio and video. Uh, what is happening today has nothing to do with, with uh, Caleb. And we can't even blame Suddenlink today. We don't know what it is. Some type of little gremlin uh, got in the system and didn't want us to have sound. But I'm going to use Linda and I'm going to use Faye as my feedbackers. And if, if they can't hear me, then I ain't talking loud enough. Amen? So as long as they can hear me, I think we're in good shape. Amen? All right. So I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. As you're turning there, I want to remind you about something. Uh, The date will sound familiar, but before you think you know what it is, stay with me. September the 11th through the 12th of the year... 2012, September 11th and 12th of 2012, something very significant happened, and it was an attack on our United States Embassy. Muslim terrorists stormed our United States Embassy in Benghazi, Libya. Four Americans, that you'll see their pictures in just a moment, four Americans lost their lives, including... Ambassador Christopher Stevens. You can go ahead and show those pictures, Caleb. Ambassador Christopher Stevens. This is the night of the attack. Uh, These Muslim terrorists stormed the embassy. The staff of the embassy had requested additional help. They had uh, requested security. And every request was rejected. So this next picture shows the victims of September 11th through the 12th of 2012. Sometimes I think it's important to remind us of what happened and to remind us of tragedies and to remind us of attacks on our country because we can certainly <coughs> we can certainly take things for granted. So on September 11th through the 12th of 2012, these four Brave Americans lost their lives, and it became known as the Benghazi attack. Let me be clear. This was a planned, coordinated, strategic attack on our embassy. And at multiple times, these men and others requested help, requested security, and our government failed them. The Obama administration, that next picture, the Obama administration and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, were negligent in their duty to protect our American ambassador and our American embassy. In fact, they were so negligent that even Hollywood couldn't ignore it. And they made a movie about this called 13 Hours. If you haven't seen that movie, you might want to watch it. There is some violence and some choice language, as often happens when you come under attack. But there was the, the movie 13 Hours was about a six-member security team who fought off bravely the attack for 13 hours. Six people. Six people fought off hundreds. And we were told by our government that this was just a peaceful protest in Libya about a YouTube video that was making fun of the Prophet Muhammad. That's what they told you. And you believed it. And that's what your media pushed 
But all along, it was a coordinated, planned, strategic attack against our embassy. So let's talk about this for a moment. An embassy is a building on foreign soil that houses ambassadors of the country of its origin. Ambassadors represent their country. They represent the values of that country. They represent the culture of that country. They represent the traditions of that country. In other words, an ambassador is a little bit of his country in a foreign land. And he's to always be true to his identity of the country of his origin. He's to always, uh, he's always to promote his country, his values, his traditions. And that's why I wanted you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. Put that cross on the screen so I don't have to look at their image anymore. <laughs> yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. Would you stand in honor of the reading of God's holy, inspired, inerrant word? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, Therefore, we... He's talking to Christian believers. We are ambassadors. Say that word to your neighbor. Ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Christ. That's a very important proposition. For. We are ambassadors for Christ, certain that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Think about that for a moment. As an ambassador for Christ, you are pleading on His behalf. And what are you pleading? Look at this. Be reconciled to God. You are an ambassador. You are not from here. You are not from this world. You are not of this world. You are an ambassador. In fact, think about this for a moment. The church is an embassy of heaven. The church is an embassy of heaven. And though we are here, and though we are here for such a time as this, we are supposed to stay true to our values, to our traditions, to who we are in Christ, and we're supposed to stay true to that identity, and we are supposed to do what? We're supposed to appeal as an ambassador appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled, to God. Amen. Let's pray. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, there's a reason why the enemy attacked today. It is, it is just what we're talking about, an attack on the church, an attack on who we are. And so it shouldn't really surprise us or shock us when things go haywire or when something messes up. The enemy does not want this message to get through. The enemy does not want this message to be proclaimed. But we stand here bravely and boldly and courageously. We're going to preach it and we're going to receive it and we're going to say, thank you, Lord. It was good to be in the house today. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Show us what you want us to see. Help us to not have, Lord, any distractions. Help us to not have any... any uh, help us not be double-minded. God, help us to be singularly focused on what you're saying to us today as a church that we may be built up, that we may be uh, making sure that everything that we do edifies the name of Jesus Christ. We thank You and we love You. Hide me behind that old rugged cross. 
We pray all these things in the most powerful and the most holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. You may be seated. We are ambassadors. Whether you realize it or not, you are an ambassador. If you, if you claim to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to be appointed by the president. You don't have to be anointed by the preacher. You don't have to be directed by a deacon. You don't have to be taught by a Sunday school teacher. You are an ambassador. Everywhere you go, you are to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. People should see a little bit of Jesus in you. People should hear a little bit of Jesus in you. People should see the difference that Jesus made in your life so that they then in turn want a little bit of that same thing. I want what they got. I want what they're having because they seem to like it really good. We are ambassadors. And I'm going to tell you that as an ambassador, the first thing you've got to realize is you're on foreign soil. You know, if an ambassador doesn't recognize that he's no longer in the United States of America, let's say that this person has the honor and the privilege of being an ambassador to Mexico or an ambassador to China, they are on foreign soil. That's the first thing you need to realize. So what does that mean? That means that you don't become a part of that culture. That means that you maintain your true identity as an American. You maintain your values. You establish diplomatic relations with those people that you're around. But at the end of the day, you're an American. And an ambassador never loses sight of that. An ambassador stays focused on who I belong to. Who put me here? Jesus. So as an ambassador, don't lose sight of where you're from. Whose identity you belong to. Whose values you should espouse. But the second thing that, that ambassador better realize is because they're on foreign soil, there will be people there that don't like them. There will be people that will say, you're an outsider. There will be people that will say, you're different. There will be people that say, you're narrow-minded. There will be people that say, you're opinionated. There will be people that say, you don't belong here. And you just go, duh. <laughs> this world is not my home. And quite frankly, if you feel very comfortable here, I've got a problem with that. For those of you who claim to know Jesus Christ and you feel at home here in this world, there are times where I'm like, beat me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down here. Hey, am I the only one? That ambassador in a foreign country better realize there's people that don't want him there. Right? Christopher Stevens immediately since, as the ambassador there in Libya, Benghazi, he immediately recognized that there were people that didn't like him and didn't like the Americans, but then he noticed the gathering of the crowds. And you know what else Christopher Stevens, the ambassador, noted? People were taking pictures. You know what else Christopher Stevens noted? They were planning something. He couldn't exactly put his thumb on it and say, this is what they're planning. And he didn't know the date. And he didn't know exactly what they would do. But Christopher Stevens had the, the, the discernment that you as a Christian need to know, hey, I think these people that don't want me here are going to attack. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. And it happens all the time. 
And we have to understand, we have to have the discernment to know there's an enemy who doesn't like me. There's an enemy who doesn't want me to be a witness. There's an enemy who doesn't want me sharing things in the workplace or at my school. There's an enemy. And when we recognize that, and we recognize that the church specifically is under attack, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been watching the news lately because your doctor recommended for your blood pressure to stop, you may have missed that even in downtown Shreveport, oh, it'll never happen here, we're in the South. That's some people in New York, in California. No. It happened in your backyard. In downtown Shreveport, huge organized rally for the LBGTQI plus <laughs> to protest and to make and to, to take a stand for their values, for their morality, for their vision of America. And they did it at the Caddo Courthouse. Let me just tell you, the church is under attack by a planned, coordinated, strategic attack. There are dark forces, sinister globalists, and a liberal media and woke progressives who are coming after your values. They are attacking your values. They are specifically targeting your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews. And if you're not the one telling them about what we value and what we believe in as Christians, if you're not doing that and you're expecting the world to shape their morality, to shape their values, it's no wonder this culture is in the shape that it's in. And if you're trusting the school... To, to teach your children about their American identity and patriotism and, and, and Christian values. The school, it, first of all, the school is not called to do that. Second of all, you can't put that on teachers. That's on you, mama. That's on you, daddy. That's on you, papa. That's on you, greasy granny. That's on you. And you can't put that on. Don't get mad at the teachers. That's us. We were the ones that were entrusted by God with these precious children. We were the ones that were entrusted by God to be the example. I love that our group, our little group, took uh, some of uh, the children over to the zoo. And I love, yes, I love that it's the fellowship part of it. But you know what else I love about it? Because those children during that time, not only were they with some of their parents, but they were with other Christians. Don't take that for granted. They're surrounded every day by ungodly influences that slowly but surely start eroding your child and your grandchild's values, identity. And they start planting little seeds in those fertile minds of a child to where they grow up believing there's nothing wrong with that. That's just how it is. That's normal. It's just an alternative. This woke movement has invaded the church. The woke movement. And and here's what churches are doing. Are you ready? In response to this attack, in response to the fact that there are people coming after our children, our grandchildren, our values, some churches have actually compromised. You may have heard recently about a church over in Texas. Texas, 
Not California, not New York, Texas. A church in Texas that had a drag queen day. A church. See, for years you thought you were safe. For years you thought it never happened here. It's coming to your back door. It's coming right to your yard. And you better do something before it's too late. Church over in Texas had what they called an outreach event. Now look, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, I've seen you in a dress. How <laughs> <laughs> can you tell by your judgmental ways? <laughs> <laughs> it was showing all the time. <laughs> it's one thing when you do a comedy skit and you create a caricature called Church Lady or the First Lady, whoever decides to show up. It's one thing to have a character and we laugh at that and say that's funny. But you and I both know there's a world of difference between pushing an agenda about, well, this is who I am. And I was born this way, but I want to be this way. You realize how far we have fallen in just a few years? So some churches have embraced wokeism. Some churches have have opened the doors and even created billboards and marketing to reach out and say, come on, come on. Now listen, let me be clear. We should welcome everybody that walks into that door. We should follow the example of Jesus Christ who looked at the woman who was caught red-handed in adultery and said, where are those who condemn you? She said, they're gone. He said, neither do I condemn you. And then some people stop right there. But then he says, go and sin no more. Welcome everybody in. Love everybody. Encourage everybody. But if you truly love someone, I love you and I see something that I'm worried about. I see something that I'm concerned about. I want you to know that God loves you for who you are and God wants what is best for you and God desires, watch this, God loves you so much that yes, He saves you in the wretched condition that I was and in the wretched condition that you are in your sin. Yes, He loves you in your sin, but He loves you so much that He says, I will never leave you like that. I want to change you and I want to make you into what I want you to be. He never leaves us the same. When we've been changed by Jesus, we're never the same. We get up and we're different. Some churches have embraced this. Other churches have totally ignored the attack. You know why? Because they're too busy fighting about the color of carpet. They're too busy fighting about the style of music. They're too busy about fighting about who's bringing what casserole. Being an ambassador means we stay true to who we are. We maintain our citizenship even on foreign soil. Let me just tell you this. I believe there's going to be future attempts to shut down the church. It could be the next COVID. It could be the next epidemic. It could be, uh, they'll say once again, that due to public safety, you've got to close the church. You can keep the thrifty liquor open. You can keep the casino open, but you sure can't have church. Really, I'm going to tell you, their bigger strategy is basically to make the church irrelevant, ineffective, and inept. And they're doing a pretty good job at that. Or 
the government one day will probably use this because we all know that money is a great motivator. Well, we're going to take away your tax-exempt status unless you preach and teach what we accept. So, so here's the question then. Do we preach the life-changing gospel because we have a tax exemption? Or do we preach it because it's the only good news? Do we preach it because it's the only way to save people? Or do we preach it because we like our tax exempt status? Because here's what I'm going to tell you. That's right. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If we're preaching it because of our tax exempt status, then we need to just padlock the doors and stop. This is just a country club. This is just this is nothing. We preach the life-changing, life-changing gospel message Amen. because we're called to and because it's the only thing that'll say. That's right. So let them threaten the tax-exempt status because I'm just going to tell you, you ready? You've heard of a credit score. Most of you are familiar with a credit score. If you've ever gone to a bank, if you've bought a car, if you've bought a house, your credit score is really important, right? It affects your insurance rates. Did you know that? Your credit score. They say if you got bad credit, you're more than likely a bad driver. And I've seen some of y'all on the roads. There's some truth to that. You've heard of a credit score, but you know what they're coming out with now? A social score. And because you have trusted social media with your opinions, your political discourse, because you've trusted social media with pictures of your family, with pictures of things that you go to, and with all your political beliefs and all your opinions, because you've trusted social media with that, and because they use algorithms, and because they submit that stuff to the government. You know the only one that doesn't submit it to the uh, United States government? It's getting banned! Tick tock, tick tock. Because it gives it to China. <coughs> I'd rather China have some of my information than this government that I live in, to be honest with you. That's hard to say, isn't it? All your political opinions that have gone on social media, they're calculating a social score. And they're seeing how woke you are or how anti-woke you are. And one day, I don't know when it'll be, but one day very soon, just as a credit score affects your insurance rates, your mortgage rates, your interest rates, etc., this social score will affect what you can and cannot do and cannot say. In fact, that's why they want you to go to a digital currency. Because as long as you have cash in your wallet, you choose where to shop. You choose where to go. But the day you convert to cryptocurrency, they will put a lock on your currency. And they will say, you know, your social score is just not what it needs to be. You're not as woke. You need to watch and refrain from saying those things on Facebook. You need to tone down your rhetoric. You're, you're espousing violence and a resurrection. And so therefore, your social score will disqualify you from being able to make purchases. Does any of this sound familiar in terms of biblical prophecy? I'm just going to tell you. If we have a handful of people that are willing to say, we don't care about that tax-exempt thing. We don't care about being woke. We will stand for Jesus. We will stand for our values. We will stand for what we believe. We will tell people we love them. We will tell people Jesus loves them. And we will preach the life-changing gospel without apology. And if i got a handful of people, then here's what we're going to do. We'll fight them all for 13 hours. 
I will not remain silent. I will not sit down. I will not give in. I will not cave in. I will not water down and I will not compromise the gospel. This was found in the home of an African pastor who was killed for his faith. I have it in the front of one of my Bibles. And this is what he wrote. I am a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of his. And I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed, said this African pastor. My present makes sense. My future is already secured. I'm done and finished with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, or rewarded. I live by faith, lean on His presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by the Holy Spirit's power. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road may be narrow. My way rough. And my companions few. But my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I will not be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice or hesitate in the presence of the adversary. I will not negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Jesus Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I must give until I drop. Preach until all know and work until he comes. And when he does come for his own, he'll have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. He was killed for his faith, but they found that in his diary. We have too many churches and Christians that are sitting on the bench instead of playing in the field. And sitting on the bench... I know this from first-hand experience. It'll give you splinters in the back end. (laughs) When we know that we're on foreign soil, then it ought to change the way you act. People are watching. That ambassador, when he goes to a foreign country, watch this. You interview any ambassador worth his salt, and he'll say they watch everything they do. (coughs) Their speed. Because the last thing that ambassador wants to do is reckless drive in a foreign country. They'll make an example out of him. Sometimes you have diplomatic immunity, but that's a whole other story. But most ambassadors take this very seriously. They watch their conversations in public because they don't want to offend people. They're trying to establish diplomacy, and they're trying to represent the United States of America. So imagine the burden on that diplomat's shoulders. Imagine the burden on that ambassador's shoulders knowing that people are watching him. Why aren't you concerned that people are watching you? Uh And then when you're on that foreign soil, not only are people watching you, but the enemy is attacking you. You've got to know. You've got to know that if you're not under attack right now, you're going to be. Think about what that text 
Think about what that text said. Paul laid it all out there. He knew a thing or two about going to places where he wasn't liked, where he wasn't respected. And this is where he, what he said. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Sir, that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Are you reconciled to God? See, you can't be an ambassador for Jesus if you're not reconciled with Jesus. You can't be spreading the good news if you haven't received the good news yourself. So we want to give you an opportunity this morning to get that right. To make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Because once you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, when you walk out those doors, you are walking into the mission field. You are entering the mission field and people are watching and the enemy is attacking. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I pray that during this time that we call the invitation that those that do not know you as Lord and Savior, that they would recognize the only way they can be saved. This, the, the, the woke movement will not save them. Their so-called friends that have embraced them cannot save them. The only thing that can save is Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross of Calvary. Jesus loves you. He loves you with an unconditional love. His love is not based on your performance. His love is not based on your opinions. His love is not based on any of that. He loves you with an everlasting love, but He loves you so much that He died for you on that cross to pay the penalty of your sins. Will you say to Him, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know that I have fallen. I know that I have failed. I recognize that I, I cannot save myself and I need Jesus as my Savior. Is that you today? Will you cry that to Him? Will you really mean it? Not playing any games. Not trying to impress anybody. But will you cry out to Him and say, Jesus, save me. You are the only way, the truth, and the life. If that's you this morning, we want to give you an opportunity to nail that down once and for all, to know that Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that He died on the cross for you, but He loves you so much that He wants to change you. That He wants you to quit, quit getting into the world and quit trying to to, to embrace the world. He wants you to embrace Him. In just a moment, Brother Larry will be standing down here. I'll be down here. You can come and talk to us. You may have questions about salvation. You may have questions about what, what, what is grace? What is mercy? And still, there may be others here that they know Jesus as Lord and Savior, but they've kind of been sitting on the bench lately and haven't taken a stand. They haven't gotten out on the field and said, hey, I'm a Christian. I won't tolerate that kind of language. I won't tolerate that kind of talk. Hey, I'm a Christian. We're, I'm going to have my devotional, whether it's accepted or not. Hey, I'm a Christian. I'm going to listen to Caleb, whether you like it or not. We need more Christians that are willing to take a stand like those brave, brave six guys that for 13 hours fought off the attack of Benghazi. We need the bravery and the courage of that, that pastor who was made a martyr in Africa. Here lately, if it's not convenient, it's not comfortable, American Christians won't do it. If it gets us out of our comfort zone, we're not interested. If it takes us a sacrifice, we're not interested. God, change that. That is a terrible, poor attitude after all that you've done for us. 
This altar will be open for those who feel led to pray, those who feel led to just cry out to you on behalf of our culture, on behalf of where this country has gone. Have your way in this invitation, God. There's those that need to be baptized. God, those that are looking for a church to get plugged into, that you would just speak to them. Show them what you would have them to do and that they would obey that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand?